Welcome to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, a CME podcast series where each week we translate today's late-breaking clinical research and news into tomorrow's practice. I'm Frank Domino, professor in the Department of Family Medicine and Community Health at the University of Massachusetts Medical School and editor-in-chief of the 5-Minute Clinical Consult series. Be sure to visit primed.com podcast after the discussion for more information about today's article and to claim CME-CE credit. Sasha is a 48-year-old ICU nurse with no ongoing medical problems. She comes in today asking for a COVID-19 antibody test. She feels fine, but she does work with COVID patients. You ask her why she wants to be tested, and she indicates that her father died recently, and her mother, who has diabetes and hypertension, can no longer live alone. She wants her mother to move in with her, but is worried her mother might get COVID-19 from her. If she had antibodies to COVID-19, she would feel more comfortable about allowing her mom to move in with her. What should we tell her? Hi, this is Frank Domino, family physician and professor in the Department of Family Medicine and Community Health at the University of Massachusetts Medical School. Joining me today to discuss testing, in particular antibody testing for COVID-19 is Alan Ehrlich, Associate Professor in the Department of Family Medicine and Community Health at the University of Massachusetts Medical School and Executive Editor at Dynamed. Good morning, Alan. Good morning, Frank. So, uh, COVID-19 antibody testing is on everybody's minds. Can you just remind us a little bit about what antibody tests are available and what do they test for? There are a variety of antibody tests that can be done. The ones that have been uh, tested in research settings have been testing for IgA, IgM, IgG, total antibodies to COVID-19, or sometimes just a combination of IgM and IgG. These all measure immune responses to the virus, and currently there's no clear advantage of which test is best. So this is uh, a question of what's really available if you're going to do the testing to you. It's not obvious um, that one is superior to the others, and this is partly because we don't know the pattern of how the antibodies emerge over time. So understanding which test you might do when and how to interpret that is something that's still being studied. All right, so no no clear answer there. No, not really. I mean, the testing, first of all, is not useful for active infection. These are tests that are typically used, first of all, by public health officials to assess what's the percentage of the population that's been exposed to the virus. Back in May, uh, New York State did an antibody test uh, program that showed about 10 times more people had antibodies than had cases being reported. So we know that it has some value there, but when you start looking at the individual level, it gets more confusing because we're not really sure uh, how to interpret the results in terms of you know how long the antibodies last, how effective they are about preventing reinfection, things like that. So. Um... How does the disease prevalence affect these tests? You mentioned New York State. Well, the prevalence, you know, let's get at how accurate the tests are, and then we can talk about how the prevalence really uh, makes a difference in terms of how you would interpret the test results. The tests uh, have varying accuracy depending upon when it's, uh, it's done. If you test somebody within a week after the onset of symptoms, the sensitivity, 
the number of people who have the infection that these antibody tests will pick up is only about 30%. There was a uh, Cochrane uh, study recently that looked at all the antibody testing, and they found that the, te the optimal time for testing was 15 to 21 days after symptom onset. And if you did that and you had the very best sensitivities they could find, uh, it would be about 88%. And the specificity, uh, which you know, is confirming that it is, in fact, COVID-19, um, was 99%. So the tests are fairly specific, but the sensitivity varies quite a bit. So how does that play into the uh, effect of prevalence? Well, here in Massachusetts, we have about a 2% positivity rate on testing. So if you assume that more or less reflects the prevalence, then when you start figuring out what is the sensitivity of 88% mean when you have a 2% prevalence of the disease, it means that when you have a positive test, the positive predictive value, how likely the test is to be correct in that particular patient, is only about 64%. It's a, it's a, a little better than chance, but it's wrong about a third of the time. So, you know, in an individual patient, these, these tests aren't that great, even under the best of scenarios, unless you have a much higher prevalence. If, you know, right now, uh, down in Florida and Texas, it's much more prevalent, and if you're testing there, it might be different. But you really have to be aware that the, the underlying prevalence of the condition makes a big difference in how you help interpret the results for your individual patient. So what do you think about the specificity being 90%? That's, that's fairly high. Uh, if you it's have a negative test, does that... 99%. If you have a negative test, does that mean you don't have antibodies? It probably does. Uh, the negative predictive value is very high. In the scenario I gave of a 2% um, positivity rate, you know, assuming a 2% prevalence, that uh, negative predictive value would go up to 99.8% very, very close to 100%. Again, if it's widespread in the community, then your negative predictive value won't be quite as good. But it's still, that, that very high specificity does make for useful information that a negative test means you have not been exposed. So Sasha wants this test so that she can feel comfortable having her mom in the house with her. Even if she tested positive, is is it reassuring for her and the rest of us to to uh, have a positive result? Does that make you feel like, oh wow, now I I uh, I'm I'm safe from getting infected and getting ill and infecting others? Unfortunately, this doesn't help Sasha all that much. The problem is that we don't know what a positive antibody means in terms of are you unable to get the disease again? How long lasting does the immunity last? The, the effect of the positive test potentially being a false positive, all these are factors that would have to be taken into account. And according to the CDC, for instance, as a frontline uh, healthcare worker, if you have a positive antibody test, you still need to use uh, the normal personal protective equipment when working with a patient who potentially has COVID-19. So they, the CDC does not view positive antibodies as evidence of protection or evidence that you can change your, the standard approach of social distancing and mask wearing that the public health officials have been uh, advocating. So I think that's a really important point, and it's sort of a, 
a misconception that even I had up until not that long ago. You, you think antibodies are good, but the reality of the matter is having antibodies could be a false positive, and having antibodies, even if it's a true positive, does not protect you in any special way. At least it hasn't been demonstrated to do so. Is that right? Yeah, that is exactly right. One of the other uses of the antibody testing is uh, that in some uh, studies, they're using it to screen people who can donate convalescent sera to uh, give to patients who have COVID-19 in an attempt to treat them. But that approach, you know, hasn't really taken off yet. It's still being studied. And, you know, it may be that some of the limitations we're talking about are some of the factors as to why that isn't a more effective way of uh, treating the disease. All right. Well, Alan, thanks. This is very helpful, especially in the uh, acute settings that we're in uh, around the country and the world. Uh, and I, I really appreciate you digging into the, the uh, medical statistics of uh, antibody testing and bringing it to our audience today. Thanks again. My pleasure, Frank. Have a good day. You too. Bye now. Practice pointer. Antibody testing may show an immune response to COVID-19, but may also be a false positive and ultimately is not considered protective against future infection or reinfection. Full PPE is still recommended by the CDC, even if you have a positive antibody test. Join us next time when we discuss low-value testing in the care of our patients and the resulting overuse of resources. Thank you for listening to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, brought to you by PrimeMed. To claim credit and receive additional information about the article referenced in today's episode, visit primemed.com slash podcast and see you next week.